Well, what a beautiful prayer that is, right? Speak to me, Lord. I'm listening. I'm waiting. Speak to me. And I'm so thankful today that that's exactly what God wants to do. Aren't you glad for that? He wants to speak to us. He wants to help us. And so we give God praise for that this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 9 this morning. Acts chapter 9, we're going to be looking together at a passage of Scripture there. Over the last uh, few weeks, uh, we've been uh, in this uh, series entitled Jesus Encounters, and we've been looking at different uh, encounters with Jesus kind of along the way through his ministry and how lives have been changed as a result of being in the presence of Jesus and responding to the words that he says. And as I've said every week along the way, I'm glad that Jesus is still encountering us and making a difference in our lives. If you're glad for that today. Say amen. Glad for that this morning. Acts chapter 9. I'm happy to be back with you today. I had the privilege of going back uh, to my home church, the church I grew up in, and uh, over the last um, last Sunday through Wednesday, and and preaching a revival, a series of revival services there, and uh, it was a joy to be to be back home. We've been gone. Uh, we left in 1998, and so we've been gone. 20 years. I know that's hard to believe since I'm only like 27, but you know, you have to figure that out. But, um, but it's, it's just hard to believe we've been gone that long. And it was great to go home uh, and see some people that I hadn't seen in a really long time from the church, but also some people from the community. I had some people come to the services that I hadn't seen since high school graduation. And wow, did they look different. I mean, I look the same, but man, they look different, right? Um, but we, you know, we began to have some conversations, and some of the comments that I heard went something like this. This can't be the same Brian Rogers, right? This can't be the same Brian Rogers who used to cause all this trouble in my class. Or this can't be the same Brian Rogers who used to come over with my son and eat all the food out of our refrigerator, right? Or this can't be the same Brian Rogers who I couldn't get to memorize his books of the Bible when he was in primary class. Or this couldn't be the same Brian Rogers who on that Halloween, I'm not going to finish that story. Those were just the ones spoken to me. And I could tell by the looks on the faces of the people there that they were thinking it. Like, is this the, is this the same guy? Like, is this the same guy? Um, and the reality, the answer to that question is, it's not. I mean, the reality is, I'm different today because of what Jesus Christ has done in my life. I'm thankful for transformation in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're grateful for that, say amen. That's the reality. That's the truth. That's the summary of the message of the gospel this morning is that we don't have to be the same that we've always been. There's new life in Jesus. Aren't you glad? And wow, was it a great reminder for me today, the continuing work of transformation. Um, I actually, like, I'm not joking with this either. Like, I actually offered some apologies to some folks this week. No, I'm serious, like I did. Like there was one person that was there this week and, and after service, I, I kind of, they, they made their way to me and I was kind of going to them and I kind of put my arm around them and I just said, hey, it's great to see you. And they said, it's great to see you. And the first thing out of my mouth was, I just got to tell you, I'm really sorry for some of that stuff back there. Now Jesus had already forgiven me, but man, I'm glad that I had that moment this week. Why? Transformation, Right? God is at work in our hearts and lives all the time, and I'm glad for that. I'm glad for God's ability to change us. And man, when we sing songs about grace, 
I mean, I'm always glad about that, and my heart always rejoices, but can I just tell you that after going home this week and coming back here, can I just tell you, like, it was even greater this morning to seeing grace, grace, God's grace, right? Why? Transformation. I'm glad for his ability to change us. And this encounter with Jesus this morning is really about that. Uh, it actually comes after. It's a little different than some of the ones we've looked at because it comes after the death and resurrection of Jesus, right? It comes after the day of Pentecost. We're all the way here in the book of, of Acts, Acts chapter 9 this morning. And as Jesus, he appears and has this encounter with this man by the name of Saul. It's an encounter with Jesus that will change Saul's life forever. In fact, as a result of this, he will never be the same again. Can we just rejoice this morning in the fact that when we have encounter with Jesus, we'll never be the same again. Aren't you glad? Acts chapter 9, I want you to see first of all, and we're going to read this in sections today, so keep your Bibles open if you have them with you. Acts chapter 9, beginning with verse 1. I want you to see right off the bat, there was light that shined in. Okay, ready? Here we go. Verse 1. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples, and he went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found anyone there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. I want to pause there. I want you to see this morning that light shines in, right? As, we're, as, we, as we take a look at this encounter with Jesus this morning, there's some things I want you to understand about Saul before we get too far, all right? Some things that maybe you know, maybe you have known and forgotten, but let me remind you of a few things about him. Saul was a rising star among the Jewish leadership following Jesus' death and resurrection. It was this group of Jews that Saul was connected with that were responsible for putting Jesus on the cross and taking his life. Saul was connected connected with this same group of people that killed him. Saul was at the stoning of Stephen, right? If you remember, he was giving approval to Stephen's death as the first martyr of the Christian church. Saul was a very passionate man, and his plan was to put the stop this, this movement, if you will, of, of, of Jesus Christ being the Messiah that had been longed for and prayed for. He'd even gone as far as to threaten to kill those who were making those commitments to follow Jesus Christ. Now think about this. Now, I know you know this, but, but just take, take a moment this morning and think with me here, right? These people, these Christians, because of the persecution that followed um, after the death of Stephen, these Christians had began to flee Jerusalem. They began to go out to all, all different parts of the world. Now Saul wasn't satisfied with the fact that these people were just leaving, right? I mean, you would think that they would be glad that they're just getting out of there and leaving them alone, but no, he wasn't satisfied with that. In fact, think about it. He takes off, and he travels mile after mile after mile, seeking out these people who are believing in Jesus Christ for one reason, and it was to, it was to get a hold of them, right, and to bring them back to Jerusalem and put them on trial. Now, that's passion, isn't it? In fact, whether you know this or not, Damascus, it's like 135 miles from Jerusalem. I mean, it's a long way, right? Um, Jerusalem, if you look at a map, Jerusalem would be right down here. Damascus would be all the way. I mean, it's, it's a long way away, especially in that day. And here's Saul. I mean, he's going after these Christians, right? And while on his way to do just that, to arrest and bring them back to Jerusalem... He has an encounter with Jesus. 
He's out to stop the message of Jesus Christ, and Jesus meets him on the way. The light shines in. I'm so glad this morning that the light of Jesus Christ shines into our life even when we're far, 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 far away from him. If you're glad for that this morning, say amen. And he tracks us down. I mean, Saul was a long way from Jerusalem, right? And yet he tracked him down. And he shines light. Sometimes we, sometimes we walk in our own ignorance, all right? Sometimes we just don't know. We're walking in darkness and we d- just don't know. And Jesus is faithful to reach out to us in those moments. But there's also times in our life when we know exactly what we're supposed to be doing. And we know exactly the direction we're supposed to be going. And yet we've chosen to do something very different. In fact, it may be even in opposition to what God has for us in our life. And I'm glad that even in those moments, because of the grace of our loving Lord that we sang about this morning, that Jesus Christ tracks us down and begins to shine light in our life. Again, if you're glad for that, say amen. In my own Christian journey, there have been, there have been those moments when I've, t- when I've turned and, and walked away from what I knew Christ wanted, and I'm so thankful for his grace to reach out to me time and time again, right? Draw me back, shine light into our lives. He's faithful to draw near to us and to speak to our hearts. Saul was a long way from home geographically, and he was a long way from home spiritually, he was a member of this group, right, that was out to, to kill people for, what, for their belief in Jesus Christ. And yet, capture it, Jesus reaches out to him. He reaches out to him. No one is too far from Jesus today. He is still the light of the world. His light is still shining in. I just couldn't help but wonder if it was this moment, think about it, that Saul, who eventually would become Paul, that he was reflecting back on, right, when he penned these words to the church at Corinth. Listen to what he says. It started when God said, light up the darkness, and our lives filled up with light as we saw and understood God in the face of Christ, all bright and beautiful. The light shone in, Jesus appears to Saul, and I think he's reflecting back on that moment when he says that Jesus wants to make his light shine into our lives today. Aren't you glad for that this morning? Shine his light into us. I want you to know today that Christ won't leave you alone. He's gonna shine his light, and he's gonna shine his light and he's gonna shine his light, no matter how far we are. But the encounter continues. I want you to see that not only did the, did, did, did the light shine in, right? But I want you to see that Jesus spoke in verse four. He fell to the ground, speaking of Saul, and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I'm Jesus, whom you're persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you'll be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but they didn't see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing, and so they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. Jesus speaks in his mercy, and he speaks in his grace. He speaks. Think about this. Jesus speaks. I couldn't help but wonder what I may have done in this moment, right, if it were me who, who decided that, that, that Saul needed to have connection made with him, right? I couldn't, I couldn't help but wonder about that. Now think about for you too. Would you have spoken to Saul? 
Would you, have, would you have spoken to him? What would you have done? Saul was threatening to kill the disciples, right? And, and he would bring them back to Jerusalem. And the Bible tells us later in Acts that Paul would actually cast his vote in favor of them being put to death. I mean, that's, that's where this man was, right? What would you have done? How would you have reacted? I could, I could see it saying that Jesus strikes him down. I could see it that saying that Jesus strikes him dead. Think about what he's doing here, right? But that's not what we read. It says Jesus speaks. He speaks. And he doesn't just speak anything. He speaks his name. Saul. Saul. Aren't you glad for the times in your life when the last thing you deserved was grace? When the last thing you deserved was for Jesus to speak your name. What you deserved is what I deserved, is what we all deserve, right? We deserve death. We deserve punishment for the things that we have done. And yet Jesus, in his great love for us, he doesn't give us what we deserve. That's mercy, right? Instead, he speaks out our name. He calls out to us today. Returning home to my home church this week after being gone for so many years, let me tell you, I knew faces, names were a struggle, right? Names were a struggle. Of course, everybody knows me because they've had my name on a bulletin for a few weeks, right? That was pretty easy for them. For me, it was a struggle at times, recalling them. In fact, there's still one person who came to multiple service who talked to me and shared stories with me, and I still have no clue who they were, right? The name just will not come to me. But I want to remind you this morning that Jesus doesn't have, an, it doesn't have any trouble knowing your name. He's your creator this morning. Even if you've never been in a relationship with Jesus Christ this morning, he knows your name. He doesn't even hesitate, right? He doesn't even have to stop and think. He knows you, he knows your name, and can speak it in a moment's notice. In fact, the reality is this, he's calling our name today. Aren't you glad for that? I mean, I could hear him this morning speaking to my heart as we're worshiping, as we, as we were singing those songs, hear him speaking to my heart. Are you hearing his voice this morning? He's calling out your name. He's shining light into your life. He's illuminating your heart this morning, and he's calling you to draw closer and live in fellowship with him. So often we wrestle and we fight it. So often we struggle with it, especially when we're praying about God's will and we know that maybe we want to do something and yet we sense God leading us in another direction and we wrestle and we struggle and we fight. But here's the reality. The Holy Spirit continues to call our name moment after moment, day after day. I want you to know this morning, as I say often, you're not here by accident today. But Jesus has called you. He's drawn you. He's spoken your name, and he wants to speak to your heart. I want you to know today that Jesus Christ is alive, and his spirit is with us this morning, and he's speaking to you. He's calling to you. He wants to guide you in every step as you look to the days ahead. I have to remind you, I know you know it, but let me remind you, God has a plan and purpose for your life. It doesn't matter if we've been walking with, if we're not walking with him today, he has a plan and purpose. If you're walking with him and accepted him, he has a plan and purpose. If you've been living for him for a long time, can I just remind you, are you in tune with the plan and purpose that God has for you? He's calling your name this morning, but you have to heed his voice. 
I want to tell you today, he's not just illuminating our path. He's not just speaking our name, but he puts the right people around us. I want you to notice here that the light shines in and Jesus spoke in, but then the church steps in. Listen to what happens, verse 10. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision. Ananias, again, spoke his name, right? Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he's seen a man, a man named Ananias come to him and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go. This man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus shines his light in and speaks to Saul. But I want you to see this morning that he also goes before Saul. He goes before him, and, and by going before him, he calls out to this disciple by the name of Ananias. He speaks to someone, think about this, he speaks to someone who's already responded to the good news of Jesus Christ. He speaks to someone who is following Jesus, right? And he, and he gives him a, a message. He, he goes to Ananias. He says, I want you to go to this man named Saul. And I want you to let me work through you, right, to restore his sight, to restore his strength. And I want to fill him with my Holy Spirit. Jesus says, I want to work through you. Listen, church, this morning. I have to remind you, right, that we're not saved just to sit, we're saved to be vessels that Christ Jesus can live in and work through for his glory. If you believe that, say amen. He wants to speak to the church today and remind us that we are his instruments as well that he can use in relationships that we have every single day. Ananias, he responds basically a lot of times the way that we respond, right? Notice what he says. He says, you want me to go, let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. You want me to go to this man named Saul, who's done so much harm to the saints in Jerusalem, this man named Saul who has come here to this town to take me back so that I can be killed. This is the man you want me to, to go talk to, right? I got this straight, right? Do you ever to see, do you ever struggle to see that Jesus Christ can change anyone? One or two of us do. Do you ever struggle to see that Jesus Christ can change anyone? There are people right now in your circles of influence, people maybe even in your family, and in your heart and your mind you struggle to really catch a vision for the fact that Jesus Christ can transform their life. Transform it in such a way that people could look at them and say, you can't be the same person I remember. You can't be the same person that I grew up with. You can't be the same person that I went to school with. You can't be the same person that I worked with. And it's not just 20 years ago, but can I just remind you today that Jesus Christ and his ability to transform can make it so that people could say, you can't be the person I was working with last week. 
You see, I think we need a revival in the belief that Jesus Christ could change lives. We need to believe it. Ananias was struggling to see how he could really be sent to minister to this person who was doing so much evil. And Jesus was calling him to go minister to Saul. Can I remind you today that no one is beyond God's reach. Nothing is impossible with God. Maybe you could say that with me if you believe it this morning. Nothing is impossible with God. Let's say it again. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. If God could change Saul, who's breathing out murderous threats, and use him for the glory of God, don't you think he could change you? Don't you think he could change those people in your life that you just wonder how would anything, how could they ever change? Let me tell you how they change. It's by the grace of God and by the mercy of God. And by the power of God and his Holy Spirit, he's still able to transform lives. But church, we have to believe it. Because unless we believe it, when the Holy Spirit speaks to us to be a vessel that he could use to go and to speak and to make a difference and to share, guess what? We'll never go. Why? Because we don't believe it. We have to believe that God is able we have to let, uh, let go of unbelief and believe that Jesus Christ could transform lives today. Jesus responds to this, are you sure? Right, this is what Ananias is saying, like, are you sure? This is the line of questioning that he's putting the, the, the voice of the Spirit through, right? And he says what? Jesus says, go, go, I've made a way for you. I've went before you. I've already told Saul you're, you're coming. Just go and be Obedient. Look, verse 17. Ananias went to the house and entered it. Think about the emotions that he must have had. Even with this assurance, right? Think about the emotions. Put yourself there. But watch. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who has appeared to you on the road as you were coming, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus does a work in Ananias' heart this day. And he takes these steps and he goes to Saul and notice how he reaches out to him. Notice what he says. He calls him not just Saul, not just, hey, you guy that I'm really afraid of, right? He calls him brother. I mean, come on. Think about the, the work in the heart of Ananias that had to take place for him to be able to genuinely call out to Saul and call him brother in that moment, to lay his hand on him and say, brother, Saul. Can I just remind you today that there's some work of grace that needs to happen in our life if we're going to be able to reach out and genuinely call people around us brother and sister who we've struggled with to see God's ability to transform them. People in our life who may have even hurt us or done things to, to wrong us, it's a work of God's grace, the something that he does in us through prayer, right? That enables us to be able to reach out and pray for them genuinely like we should and reach out for them genuinely like we should and be able to call them brother or sister and love them and show them the grace of God. Ananias was God's vessel and he used him in a powerful way. And can I tell you, this is a beautiful picture of what the church is supposed to be. Remember, the church is not a building. The church I'm looking at this morning, right here. You're the church. 
beautiful picture of what the church is supposed to be. We're to be, we're to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We're to be the voice and the face of Christ. We're to be Jesus in these situations. We're to extend his grace and his mercy and love into every relationship and situation that we're in every single day. But Christ's transformation work has to be ongoing in us to prepare us and to give us ears to hear where he's guiding us every moment of every day. People need to experience the love and grace of Christ through you. And the only way that they can experience the love and the grace of Christ through you is if you have experienced the love and the grace of Christ and allowed him to fill you with his spirit and to renew your heart and to fill you with this grace and this love. I remind you today, they're your brother, they're your sister, and they're experiencing maybe the grace of Jesus Christ for the very first time through you, through your words, through your smile, through your touch. I'm thankful today. It was moving for me this week. I looked in the eyes of some of the people who were Ananias in my life. who when they should have probably judged me for some things, they extended grace. Who could have spoke some things that while it would have been true, it wouldn't have been real mercy or grace. But they didn't, they spoke mercy. And they spoke grace and they spoke love. And I looked into those eyes this week and can I tell you my heart was full. I was thankful for the church being the church and loving me and caring for me and prayed for me. Jesus stepped in to my life through them. Whose life is Jesus stepping in through you? How is he using you to make a difference in the lives of those you love? Saul experienced through Ananias this work of Jesus Christ and the grace of Jesus Christ as when everyone else around Saul that day had no clue what to do, Ananias walks in the room and touches him when he could not see and says probably the most beautiful word of grace, right? Brother. Acceptance, brother. Forgiveness, brother. What a difference it would have made in Saul's life. And the difference that you can make in the lives of those around you. The result of this work of Jesus Christ and the love and the compassion of the church, I want you to see that Saul gave in. Look what happened. Verse 18, immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again and he got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. I always chuckle when I read that. The very people he was out to arrest and take back to Jerusalem. Saul spends several days with them. Oh, just try to wrap your mind around what must have taken place in that room. Right? Wow. God's great. You talk about the impossible. This is it. And he's still able to do it. The early church and the world would never be the same again because of this encounter with Jesus Christ. 
Saul, uh, that, was, that was later Paul, his name was changed to Paul, would write these words later to the church of Corinth in, in, in 2 Corinthians uh, about this day. I believe he was thinking back, all right, on this day of transformation when he penned these words. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. And then, I know it's not here, right? We read scripture, we just get on track and we just read and read and read and read. But can I tell you, I have to believe that when Paul was writing this, there was a pause here. Think about it. If anyone is in Christ, belongs to Christ, he has become a new person. And his mind in that moment went back to this day. We're talking about today, right? This day on that road to Damascus where his life was transformed because of this encounter with Jesus Christ. He pauses and then he says these words. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. It was real for him. And I hope this morning it's real for you. What I once was, I am no longer. I'm not the same Brian Rogers that you went to high school with. I'm not the same Brian Rogers that on that Halloween I'm not going to share the story with. I'm not the same guy. The old life is gone. The new life has come all because the light shined in and Jesus spoke in and the church stepped in and I gave in and you gave in. Many of you here today, you gave in. Your story, it's gonna be, it's gonna weave throughout those four things right there but I guarantee you, in every story of transformation, these are the parts. And today, we have the privilege, I'm telling you, we have the privilege of taking in some new members today and some transfers, and that's always just a wonderful time of celebration. The very first week of membership class, it's been a number of weeks ago now. As we sat down together, my question to the group was this. Just share, share about what God's done in your life and what he's doing in your life. And for the next hour, the Holy Spirit came into that room as I began to hear stories of transformation. Stories of, how, of, how, of this right here, how the light shined in. How, how, how Jesus spoke into their lives. How the church was the church. And how they gave in and began to allow Christ to work in their lives. I wish I could recreate that night for all of you to hear. I couldn't, but we recorded some testimonies from just a few of those that'll be joining today. And I want you to listen over the next few minutes as they share what we've talked about this morning. And then I want you to ask yourself the question, have I given in? Have I given in to Jesus Christ? Am I walking with him? But also, have I given in to be a vessel that Christ can use? Because I know this morning that he wants to work in all of us for salvation, and he wants to work in all of us to help others around us know real life change is possible through Jesus Christ. Watch with me this morning. I attended First Church about 15 years ago 
and you know didn't know a whole lot of people and attended not on a regular basis and then three years ago when I met Rhonda and found out it was her church it really excited me to come back and be a big part of it. The people in the church are just great people and they all make you feel really welcome and it was amazing after I started coming how many people I knew and it it's really special. Just coming in to see everybody and seeing their smiling faces and it doesn't matter how bad life is, they always turn it around and you feel great when you leave Sunday. He has helped me in so many ways by the little trip we did down to Freetown. It uh, meant a lot, felt really good. God gave me a lot of talents and I like using them for his benefit. He has opened so many doors and help me through so many problems. And there's, you know, any problem you have, you turn it over to him and he will help you with it. Seems like every sermon is, you're looking straight at me. And uh, it has something to do with go what's going on in my life at that time. I'm Dan Tacolvi, and I am very excited about joining C1NAS today. God has drawn us here um, to C1S. Um, we, me and Sergio, met um, Jeffersonville, Indiana. It's been actually met him when I was 15 years old. Um, we've been married. We've got married at 18, um, and then had two beautiful children, um, two boys, um, and then. <laughs> um, I was offered a job position here in Columbus, Indiana. Um, we took it. We moved here. Um, everything, I don't, I don't know, we always had that searching for God in our lives. Like, I always going to Jehovah Witnesses and then just felt like that wasn't it for, for me. And then I actually liked that I met Sergio because most of Hispanics are Catholics. That's just what you get out of, um, coming from Mexico and it surprised me because his family isn't, they're Christian. And I was like, okay, this is perfect because we wouldn't have went well if, we, if it wasn't so. Shannon invited us to the church to attend with her and then the first day that I came here, I just, I felt so welcome. I felt like this is where um, I needed to be. I feel happy to be on, on this church because when I was in Mexico, um, it's, it's like, like being the same church. So my mom and my family, every all time they tell me, you need to go to the church. And I feel the same on this church, like my, in Mexico. My name is Jennifer Bautista, and this is Sergio Bautista, and we're excited about being members of C1S. Mi nombre es Sergio Bautista, and ella es Jennifer Bautista, y estamos felices por ser de la Iglesia Jesús de Nazaret. Fantastic, that's really good. <laughs> <laughs> work with Judy and um, she would invite me to church and and I would come sometimes and you know all this and then when I got cancer uh, God just saved me and uh, so I knew then that this is where I wanted to be and so he's just 
work miraculously in my life. And well, I had a reaction to the chemo and um, got a bad infection in my lungs, and uh, so I was uh, on life support and uh, didn't think I'd work again or even maybe even walk. <laughs> and uh, so here I am and back to work and cancer-free. You know, just gave me the strength to to move on and uh, get past everything, and both uh, physically and mentally, just have a whole different outlook on life and uh, just see people differently, and uh, just how caring everyone is, and and uh, just means a lot. I'm Tammy Schaefer, and I'm excited about becoming a member of C1S. God drawing me to, to this church um, would be through, through the kids. Um, our youngest daughter was born, and we were looking for a, you know, a daycare, um, and we found, found C1 Naz, and she started at six weeks which, you know, was, it seemed really young for us, you know, um, but, you know, we, we gave it a shot and just really, really couldn't be happier with, uh, with her being here and, and the care and the attention. Um, and so just, just that, you know, and, and this was before, um, I was really very serious about my walk um, and so, you know, just as kind of, um, you know, a non-believer, you know, that really um, made an impact on me. Just, just, you know, it, it felt like a, it was, we were bringing our daughter to a really safe environment and um, really appreciated the care. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, that she's she's three now so she's been she's really kind of grown up here and so that's another thing that I'm really thankful for is that our, our kids um, are at a place are growing up in the church and um, and so yeah I would say just the kids brought me here and then uh, he did the rest really. <laughs> <laughs> through everything every experience that I have there's just a part of me that I guess connects with the Nazarene beliefs and everything that it stands for and um, you know we have been searching for a church for a while and everywhere we'd go we kind of have like this requirements list and there would always be something that just didn't sit right with us I guess but here I don't know it's just all of our boxes are checked boxes are checked I guess <laughs> my name is Sarah Joyner my name is Max Joyner. And we are excited. To become <laughs> members of CON NAS today. It actually started a few years ago and I was working a very stressful job. I was, I'm in property management and the property I was at was very demanding. Um, I was starting to have chest pains before going to work every day. So I started praying, you know, God, there has to be a, another way. I don't know what to do. Um, decided after that prayer a few times that I was gonna just look and see if there was something else out there. 
looked and here popped up this job that was perfect for me. It was close to home and I went to interview. The only downfall was is I was gonna pay, take a pay cut, but at that time my health was more important than having the health issues. So I took the new job knowing that the property was for sale that I was going to. The property did sell after about a year. I um, started getting a financial situation because I needed to pay for childcare. Started praying again, you know, God help me through this. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't want to lose my house. Um, prayed about it and the very next day I got a phone call with a job offer for the company I was working for before they sold to come to Columbus and work. It was going to be a pay raise. I was going to, be able to put my child in daycare. Everything was coming together. I came here and then I had another challenge. I um, found out that in Columbus you have waiting lists for childcare <laughs> and we did not have that back home. So I was calling all these places and seeing everyone and I was like, oh, I really like this kid's first ministry. I really hope that he gets in there. I was praying about it and it just so happened, first people that called me to get him a childcare, kid's first ministry. I was like, oh gosh, God answered my prayers. So then I, um, he went to school and then we came for a Christmas program. And then when we came to the Christmas program, I just really enjoyed the service and we decided to come back and we have been coming ever since. And it's been almost two years now. So it's been really good. And I feel like God just led me one after another and answered prayers to get me here. So um, I would say that this church sets apart from the others because when you come here, it's like you've been coming here forever. Everybody makes you feel welcome, and it's like you're part of the family the minute you walk in the door, no matter if you've never been here before. That was the thing that I re that really caught my attention when I came here. My name is Shannon Balderas, and I am excited to become a C1 NAS member today. It's okay to celebrate that. I hope you heard it this morning. I hope you heard it as you listened to those testimonies. I hope you heard it as, as the Spirit maybe was speaking to your heart as they were speaking to you. Did you hear it? The light shined in, right? The light shined in. Jesus spoke in. The church, did you hear it? Stepped in. And then they gave in to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Can I just tell you, God is still changing lives today. He did it in Saul's life. He did, he's done it in the lives of those we've heard from this morning. And can I just tell you, he'll do it in your life. I'd like for you to stand with me if you would this morning. Pastor Nathan's going to come. I'd like for you to bow your heads. My temptation was to rush through this moment. But here's what I sense that the Holy Spirit is speaking. And maybe you're here today and the light shined into your heart this morning and Jesus is speaking to you. Maybe he's drawing you to make a commitment to him or to rededicate your life to him this morning. Or maybe he's spoken to you about a situation that, he know he, that you know he wants to use you in, in the life of someone else. And in just a moment as Pastor Nathan sings, I, I want us to take this moment and I want you to respond. I believe with all my heart today that this moment right here, this moment, it'll change your life. This moment could change the life of somebody that the Lord is laying on your heart today. It will obey. It will allow the Holy Spirit to work in us. Father, we just open our hearts to you today. And we 
would help us to just say yes to you. Speak to us, Lord, this morning, and then help us to obey.